Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And this is episode 13 of Rescue Bots, The Reign of Morocco. First aired May 19th, 2012, uh, written by f- frequent Rescue Bots writer Greg Johnson, last uh, seen here, uh, writing The Alien Invasion of Griffin Rock. Hmm. And this is the second part of our uh, Tim Curry two-parter, which means that this is a science fiction <laughs> double feature. Dr. X will build a creature. Oh, am I going to have to add that? See androids here? fighting. Maybe. Maybe you are. Brad and Janet. There and Francis stars in just Forbidden Planet. You'll find out in the edit, listeners. Actually, I think I used to have a physical CD of the first show. of the Gimme Gimmies doing a cover of this. Oh, well, yeah, but I, I'd, I'd want it, like, without the singing. If it <laughs> on an actual CD. Like... You know, funny, most, most people say that about me as well. They like me except for the singing. <laughs> Well, it's okay. Just without a backbeat, it's hard to tell if you're on key or not. Uh, the, the spoilers, I'm not. <laughs> Probably not. I, okay. So so please, uh, listeners, please refrain from throwing uh, hot dogs or pieces of toast at your podcast device. Uh, I, the, I don't like musicals, but I've purposely avoided Rocky Horror because it seems like the worst of what I don't like about musicals to me. I just the interactivity, the weirdness, well, well, the um use of the word uh, transsexual, transvestite, or whatever the oh Transylvanian. It does seem a sweet those, transvestite from Transylvania. It does yeah, seem like one of those uh, things that people either really relate to or really get turned off by. I'm not a big fan. I've seen it. I have not, and I imagine I would not like, especially since this, I've gone this long without it's seeing it. It's probably worth seeing I once. would probably hate it. I... Uh, maybe, well, yeah, but the problem would be with other people. Well, you... Watching it on my own would probably be the worst. I have gone Although, too I, long you know some people that like without it. listening to Hamilton. <laughs> I think the last time I listened to it was when I was actually going on a trip into D.C. for a day, which seemed very appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Although I guess if some of the people we do know, if I ever do meet them, they might force me to watch it. But eh, that could be okay. On my own, no. Anyway, um, so, so well, I guess this entirely throws off my, oh, I'm sorry, I, I watched Reign the Conqueror instead of Reign of Morocco. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, I, I don't think anyone else remembers that. Oh, I remember um, it. it. Peter Chung cartoon? Is that the guy? Yeah, the, and I was... The Aeon Flux guy? I didn't realize yeah, how much he was actually involved with the G1 cartoon, uh, but I decided to do some rewatching, and I saw him listed as one of the storyboard people on uh, the the first episodes. Oh, uh, But he apparently did a bunch of storyboard stuff, which oh. I know is hard to tell because most of the people involved, the, the ones who aren't robots, are actually wearing pants. Uh, as they are not. <laughs> and have spines. There's, there's no weird tongue stuff going on. No. Yeah, his, his style has become 
really easy to identify. I don't know if he's done anything recently. Mm. Just all the cod pieces. Just mostly, <laughs> like, 95% of what I remember about about rain was the the cod pieces and just the the absolutely <laughs> extremely homoerotic costuming just across the board well speaking of rocky horror it's appropriate yeah. because it's about alexander the great so you well, know, yeah but it fits. presumably alexander the great had heard of pants but maybe not <laughs> yeah well or at least occasionally um, uh, them. maybe it's more of a toga man yeah, I mean, at least that covers you. <laughs> it covers your cod piece. I don't know if you can ride a horse in a toga, though. There's a lot of cod pieces in that show. A lot of just visible cod pieces. What, wait, what? Okay, this has nothing to do with this, but apparently he storyboarded the Rugrats movie? <laughs> Please pardon? I mean, that also involves a lot of people not wearing pants. I yeah. <laughs> Entirely fair. No, that that has nothing to do with anything. Anyway, yeah, I I was actually best. just looking him up like last week because I I saw his name come up in the credits for More Than Meets the Eye, the original G One pilot episodes, and I was like, the same one. It's like, yes, the same one, the Aeon Flux guy. So previously on Rescue Bots, Doc Green is fired. The rescue team is fired. The Burns family is fired. You're all fired. Yes, welcome now to the reign of Morocco. Dr. Morocco. I was actually going to wonder if Tim Curry was in Aeon Flux, and I remembered the whole thing with the Aeon Flux cartoon was there There was no dialogue. So Maybe he was in that terrible movie with uh, Charlize Theron. Possibly. That also has been showing up on Pluto so. TV a lot lately. Ooh. I'm very bored at work. Now, question: as yeah. far as move, as far as slumming Francis McDormand pictures go, what's worse, Aeon Flux or Transformers: Dark of the Moon? Uh, wow. I oh, like which one's more pointless? I can kind of. Well, I mean, I mean, Dark like, of the Moon had the point of selling action figures. With Dark of the Moon, she kind of knew oh. what she was getting into and did it anyway. This is true, but. I do also feel like they're at the point where they're just doing things for fun now. So, see yeah. also Anthony Hopkins in The Last Night. Yeah. And I guess the question is, has Francis McDormand's husband, Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers, has he seen either of those movies? <laughs> um, I imagine he's seen... maybe? He's definitely seen Darkman. <laughs> yeah. That is the question. Transformers Dark of the Moon or Aeon Flux? I'm going to guess if he saw one, maybe Dark of the Moon, because it also has um, Coen Brothers' regular uh, John Turturro in it. Yeah, so just Yeah, he might have complained the... more about this. Like, you could have done something so much better with this cast. Just, I mean, I don't know. John Turturro is pretty great in those movies. That's, oh, absolutely. He, he does everything you ask him to. He's trying. I don't know what he's trying, but he's trying something. Well, except for that last one where he's trying to collect a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're going to you're going to fly me to Cuba and I'm just going to shoot this and I'm going to be on the phone. Sold. I'm going to yell off to some robot who you're going to add in post. Yeah, this yep. works. Yep. This works. 
Yep. Hey there, guy with a fishing pole on his head. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. It's me, John Tatero. I'm going to use this money <laughs> to uh, make another weird movie where I have sex with attractive women. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Raina Morocco. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So we open with a little, we get a little Griffin Rock history as we see the statue of the founder of Griffin Rock, Horace Burns. Did we, didn't we see it last episode? I don't think he was identified as Horace Burns though. No, it wasn't identified. So yeah, clearly, you know, they, the, uh, the, the Burnses are Griffin Rock aristocracy. There's this, well, I mean, it's kind of like when I was at Starbucks, I worked with someone whose last name was, was Rixie, as in Rixieville, which was like this intersection, like, way out in the sticks. I'm like, I am not impressed. But, but yeah, I guess it's, it's one of those things where like, maybe the people who have lived there all their lives are a little impressed with the burns, but no one else is impressed. I mean, uh, clearly, I mean, you know. You're still working at Starbucks. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say I'm not one to, uh, you know, malign people for uh, making uh, making some hay off their uh, famous last names. I, I may have a couple of uh, famous cities uh, named after my family as well. <laughs> my my ancestors used to own South Carolina, so, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I didn't technically own anything. They just bought Alaska, but... <laughs> I didn't own it. Uh, well, so you might white. say it was a real folly. <laughs> we are ridiculously white. However, anyway, speaking um, of, of horrible white people things, yep, Huxley uh, Prescott quotes, gives this quote, the march of progress sometimes leaves casualties underfoot. And I'm like, that's the most colonial <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely something that Dr. Doom says to Reed Richards right before he pulls the lever that's going to blow up the Baxter building. Yeah, yeah. Alternately, the thing that you say as you're bringing smallpox to the native population. Well, also that. I, I assume no natives lived on Griffin Rock because that place is clearly cursed. Yeah, that's fair. They knew better. <laughs> you know our te- you know the the our, our our longhouses kept burning down. Um, you know. You know, carts full of exploding poison kept crashing into things. <laughs> we just said, forget it, leave it for the white people. Yep, and and here they are. But also, he so we get this entire recap of the previous episode by Huxley Prescott, and I just feel like that should be every time there has to be any sort of recap. <laughs> or possibly just when a recap isn't even necessary. He just needs to be recapping things. <laughs> he needs previous- they just need to redo the intro. As just him explaining the premise of the series. <laughs> oh, so it would basically just be the opening to Clone Wars? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and speaking of, speaking of white people, one of those white people is once again trying to commute via Helipack. <laughs> again, yes. they need to take that away from him. And, uh, meanwhile, the Morbot was apparently programmed by somebody who watched, uh, a bunch of Zack Snyder movies. 
because he is mana stealing it right through a bunch of buildings here. I mean, I feel like yep. that's kind of the the point of the problems with the Morbot is like it, you know, doing the uh uh the the thingy the word that cannonball the cannonball into the water to put out the explosives. Yes. But yeah. he was definitely programmed by somebody who does not understand collateral damage, much like Zack Snyder. Yeah, uh, let's what just you- say Dr. Morocco, big fan of Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Possibly. Or, or, yeah. or he just wanted a robot that was invulnerable while blasting. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sam. I mean, he is definitely uh, the kind of guy who would build that underwater libertarian community from that video game whose name escapes me. Bioshock. That's the one. Yes. Especially with the monocle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The I mean, if, listen, if somebody owns a monocle and a blimp, he probably also has an underwater base. Yeah. I mean, that's where the shark oh. came from. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> he's absolutely got an under... I mean, we'll see how he escapes at the end. I say there's an absolute certainty that he has an underwater base somewhere. Uh, but, <laughs> but yes, also, these buildings have emergency awnings that pop out and shield you from falling bricks, which I guess is probably for the best around here. That's kind of neat, but you think to be more automatic, you wouldn't have to push a button to not die? No, yeah. Chief Burns has to press a button. <laughs> but on the, on a different wall, on the other side of the building from where the shit is falling, like, that seems like a slight design flaw. I mean, should be on the wall. You are on. a slight design flaw is, I believe, Griffin Rock's town motto. <laughs> yes, I that or e pluribus yikes. <laughs> yes. From the many, yikes. <laughs> anyway, everybody else is you know stuck in the station because they are now technically unemployed. And uh, so Morbot, the Mo- it does finally stop uh, Mr. Harrison's uh, helicopter rampage here. And uh, so we cut back to uh, to, Dr. Gr- to Doc Green's old digs, where uh, Dr. Morocco is just selling off all his stuff. Yep, just having a yard sale. All, all this technology that I just found lying around, including specifically one of the ones that pops on the screen is the Robo-Baby. Yes. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I just, I was mostly fixated on like the robot dinosaur. There's robot dinosaur plans out there that, oh, they're going to be all over the planet now. Just giant T-Rex robots. Yeah, apparently the, the full, uh, compliment. They're all stuff from previous episodes. There's the electromagnetic sensors, yeah. the newspaper robot, the Flodium from the, from the Flobsters <laughs> episode. Oh, oh, that's how that's that what that was. Okay, yes, the the canister. Uh, the Robo I baby. was like, I was like a fire extinguisher, but no, that that was the floating canister. Okay, yeah, the uh, the turbo cycle, and uh, and the helper bot. With helper bots everywhere. Yep, just Robo babies everywhere. Mm. So, so we we cut back to the uh, the fire station, and the rescue bots are now trying to figure out what to do. Boulder, much like uh, much like Bulkhead, has turned to art. Yes, and he's painting a pretty flower. Yes, because he's feeling rosy. He's so Bulkhead. Oh, yes, he's such a good boy. And Chase is attempting to find alternate employment. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just, this book suggests a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. <laughs> oh, oh, that's actually foreshadowing. I didn't get that. Huh. <laughs> the baker? The baker, yes. Because chefs seem to be in high demand. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Blades decided, well, you know, uh, I need to study humans, and humans are on TV, so I'm just going to watch TV. That's relatable. Well, they're all adapting to their quarantine in their own way. (laughs) They kind of are. Blades is binge-watching. It's not like uh, they can go out. And Heatwave is doing what I am doing, by which I mean he is fruitlessly calling his ex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, because he's calling Optimus. I don't... Okay, so I don't like this the idea is, of Optimus dating anyone. This is me <laughs> being needlessly pedantic, and I'm sure this has nothing to do with anything, and it's absolutely just coincidence. But he refers to them as Rescue Force Sigma 17. Yes. And I have fixated on the idea of Firestormers, because the one, the one Firestormers team that shows up in canon is called Beta 5, and I'm like, okay, so it's Greek plus numeral. Uh, so I've decided that these are actually a form of, of a Firestormers team, and so now I need to write <laughs> elaborate fanfiction about them having space adventures. Well, each Roman numeral could designate a different level. There's Rescue Bots, there's Firestormers. Right. You know, you're, 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 maybe Beta designates, like, you know, a bunch of guys who go in there and kick bots, whereas Sigma is maybe more like guys who go in there and save butts from being kicked. Yes. With the exception of uh, Sigma-6, whose mission is to be a hero, (laughs) time to turn the tide. So I I do kind of, I'm sure it's just for the same, well, I, okay, totally off on a tangent, but I am really curious whether Sigma-6 is just because there was this business plan, business book thing, business woo, new agey garbage called Six Sigma. And whether someone at Hasbro oh. was given this cheesy business book and was like, hey, that would make a good name for a military team <laughs> if we switched it around. That Possibly. absolutely has to be it. So, because I've, I've unfortunately had to shelve business books for quite a significant period of my life. So I, it was definitely around before the toy line. But, uh, uh, but I- yeah, I wonder if it's just that Greek plus number sounds like a team designation and it's entirely coincidence i'm sure it probably is possible i mean it's except sort of sigma thing. six is definitely six sigma because mm-hmm. someone like was like you're in business i will get you a business book i'm like i design toys well they make the reverse joke on an episode of 30 rock ah. oh. <laughs> where uh you know alec baldwin's trying to introduce you know business concepts to the writers of the show who are a bunch of nerds so he's all has anybody here ever heard of Six Sigma. And one of the guys, uh, yeah, it's a special kind of G.I. Joe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that which has to be the nerdiest joke that has ever aired on network television. It's extremely nerdy. It's uh, like, sorry, but, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Big Bang but Theory. But I, I kind of picked up on what no. Rescue Force Sigma 17 and, <laughs> and now, I don't know, Firestormers. Yeah, so so anyway, Heatwave is trying to call Optimus Prime, like, you know, give us another job, but Optimus Prime has put him on read. Which, like, I we do... just, like, what disaster is happening over in Prime when this call is happening? Which season? Yeah, I they... wonder if maybe this lines up with, like, the season finale, where, like, we're kind of too busy, like, I don't know, finding out that the whole planet is the robot devil? 
Well, they, so, I mean, know, they isn't this mid-season? Suggests... Yeah, I'm not sure if these started airing at the same time, though. Oh, we hmm. could. I'm sure we could look at the air check, dates on the wiki. Actually, yes, I'm sure we could, but that would be a lot of work. It would. I mean, it it wouldn't be that much work. But um, mm-hmm. their their excuse in the story is that Optimus Prime is intentionally like, you guys need to give it some time, and this won't be as big a deal as you're thinking it is, and you don't need a new assignment. It's okay, small children. Uh, but yeah, he's probably busy fighting the robot devil. Yes. Uh, but I mean, well, you would think that there would be somebody, you know, a base, Ratchet, uh, Jack's mom, oh, anybody. You, you, this, I, I did check, because thankfully they aired on the same day. Uh, this is the ah. same day that Triage aired, the episode where um, Wheeljack and Ratchet are fighting uh, Soundwave. Oh, okay. So maybe nobody was at base. Yeah. yeah. That, that was also, in the middle of the work hunting stuff. At different places, arc wasn't it? As of when we're recording this, the featured article on the wiki is Filch, and I feel very seen. Uh, that was the episode where they all split up because remember there were like four episodes that all started with T, and yes. the one was Toxicity. Okay, oh, it was that where arc. Bulkhead I gets poisoned. It. Yeah. So yes, so that, that they actually the busy. the only one back at headquarters was Agent Fowler, and he was probably mm. like. Wasn't he, like, knocked out for a significant period of it? Oh, yeah, he was woozy and talking about his star-spangled underpants. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, uh, the only message I can get is some guy telling me about Uncle Sam's beard. (laughs) I think they, I think Optimus Prime changed his number and didn't tell me. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that probably the Autobots were a little busy. So anyway, we we cut back to uh to the chief, you know, he's taken these this nanite evidence to the mayor, but apparently Dr. Marco doesn't actually brand any of his publicly facing stuff with that logo. So he is indeed a clever man, that Dr. Morocco. He has not actually uh gotten a trademark for this. No, brand. I mean, surprisingly his giant airship does not have a big M on it. That is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have a logo. That does seem weird. It seems it almost seems like he stole this airship from somebody else because it's not logoed up. Then again, well, his, I mean, as we find out at the end of the episode, that might be true. His, his <laughs> robot isn't lo- – there isn't a logo on the robot, is there? The there is not. Him? That does seem weird. Well, I guess it's so that his evil plan isn't hilariously blatant. It's just very blatant. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, we you know we run into the uh, to Doc Green and you know he's he's leaving town. He's got a you know got to get a job here, and uh, nobody's interested in hiring uh, crazy old Doc Green. <laughs> Gonna have to find somewhere else, change my identity, get some plastic surgery, then they'll hire me. Then they'll all pay. He's <laughs> he's just gotta find some other small town that needs a mad scientist. Just going down to town like the Music Man, but for science. Yeah. More musical references. Keep this man away from Gary, Indiana. <laughs> how how have I become the musical guy? What have I become? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know shit about music, so I guess it's you by default. Unless Jen wants to yeah. say something. Mm, not in the mood. Tonight, tonight, it's only you. At least you're tonight. singing actual songs instead of making up letters songs. <laughs> No Elliot Kalen I, alas. New York, you can be a new man. 
Okay, I'll get some Hamilton later. Something, something, Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> yes, so That's great. all I know about Hamilton, and that was apparently a real person's Hercules name. Hercules Mulligan. Mulligan. Oh, and he was. was apparently not like an old-timey strongman. No, he was just awesome, and also I'm awesome. I'm going to look him up and be massively disappointed, Art. Probably I mean, not, actually. <laughs> Probably not disappointed. Hercules Mulligan. Wow, yeah, I'm exactly as disappointed as I expected. Like, that is well, the that's... whitest man. Well, <laughs> he, he wasn't in anyway, Hamilton. Not... Well, yes, not in <laughs> Hamilton, but I, I, I looked at the, the historical dude first. I mean, with the last name like Mulligan, you know that guy is Irish as potato soup. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so. Maybe uh, some other small town needs a mad scientist. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, but, you know, Cody, he doesn't want his friend to move away. So they are going to team up and get to some Little Rascals-esque shenanigans. And we're going to solve this case. They're going to get in Blades. Blades is going to fly. Yeah, Blades is indeed quite ready to rumble. Oh, Aww. yeah, you were quite ready to rumble that. that no, would, it's oh, Chase who oh, says that. Oh, no, sorry, it's Chase who is quite ready to rumble. In, oh. in a few minutes. Yes. Yeah, they, they, you know, Blades, you know, even though he does hate flying, he kind of does miss it. So he's <laughs> he's going to fly them up there so they can spy on him. But they are, of course, immediately uh, interrupted by the Morbot, who pursues they them through little, the wind farm. They have destroying a little jump scare. Yes. So is the wind farm actually directly outside of the fire station? In this episode, yes. Yes, it is. Okay, fine. Because I had that whole thing about the robo-baby and whether that was a window. Well, yeah, so they could see it. So it reasonably is close by with uh, the the spatial relations are never clear, but they're on an island, so you can kind of forgive it. Everything's close together. I thought it was a monitor. Griffin Rock is the size of Delaware. There's, they're, they're spying and then he's like, oh, can you see the monitor? And they're looking through the binoculars and then suddenly the Morbot comes up and it's a jump scare and it's, that's a lot for a little kid's show. Yeah. So, so they, they, they pursue them through, or it pursues them through the wind farm back to the fire station. The other rescue bots are indeed, as Chase says, quite ready to rumble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, Dr. Rocco calls it back because it's decided that, you know, getting into a fight with rescue bots is not a good idea. No. So meanwhile, Dr. Morocco and the mayor have been out in the floating Xanadu, the mayor's private yacht. <laughs> this guy, this, this mayor's definitely crooked, right? We know he's incompetent, but you're not buying this on a mayor's side. <sighs> I mean, it's, you know, it's New England. This is probably like yeah. a Kennedy thing. This is probably yeah, like this is true. family money. Yeah, he's probably comes from some money. That's how he got the mayor. Shit. Uh, my uh, family made uh, the made the Lusky fortune bootlegging in the thirties. Yes, he's um he he's involved in uh, shipping and uh, yes. transport. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this town's built on uh, on Lusky family hooch. <laughs> Ick, oh yeah, uh, Ick Bine, Ein Griffin Rocker. Yeah, rum running that probably came into the, the family fortune. <laughs> also, my in my back in my family history. Yeah, uh, bootlegging, 
having parties. I uh, inherited this hairpiece from my uh, great grandfather, John Fitzgerald Lusky. <laughs> Was uh, made from only the uh, the finest weasel and stoat. <laughs> Ooh, stoat. Hey, man, stoats are ermines. They get nice and soft. Oh well, there you go. That's that. That's why they put it in the piece. <laughs> Mrs. Lusky, she says it's like uh, she says it's like uh, petting a petting a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, hey, anyway. Yeah, so they, they pull into Doc and, uh, you know, the chief's there and he's all, hey, listen, your, your Morbot almost, you know, almost got into a West Side Story rumble with my rescue bots. And, uh, you know, it's also constantly wrecking the town. Think of how, you know, the mayor, the, think of how the voters are going to be mad at you. Also, they, they talk about, uh, basically whether Blades was, in you know, allowed to be flying around the the uh, the, the evil science compound and uh, things like temporary flight restrictions are absolutely a thing that I deal with at work. So my mm-hmm. I had to turn off my work brain for a moment there, <laughs> <laughs> well, thinking about like... whether there was a note out there with the TFR for the evil science compound. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm calling in. Um, it's about my, it's about my evil robot. <laughs> can we uh can can we do a I need to put out a notum for a flight restriction around my evil science compound? Like yeah, yeah. actually you need let me transfer you to Frank sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he's a, he's like a robot and he's not piloted. Is he technically a drone? <laughs> That's a good question. I'll have to <laughs> Can a drone trespass? How does that work? I'll, I'll have to go ask the Notum office guys. I, they must be like no drone zones. Look, I'm just a contractor. Do they call them? No, I, they should call them no drone zones. They should, and I don't believe they, they do. They should. Ah, curse you, bureaucracy. <laughs> like with government facilities, but this is this a count as a government facility since apparently like it is the residence of whoever's the lead scientist of the island, not actually a residence. It's well, it's like it's like the White House oh. where you live there, but it's also your office. You can have yeah. like police offices. You know, police organizations can put flight restrictions and can request flight restrictions for areas where they're doing like crime scene investigation and stuff. Mm. So, so yeah, you could. They could definitely. The mayor could call that into the FAA and have a flight restriction put in place for the area around the Mad Science Building. Yeah. But uh, but the mayor is not entirely placated by this because he wants Morocco to, you know, reprogram his robot. And things only get worse because now, you know, to quote, to paraphrase Lyndon Johnson, well, when, when you've lost Huxley Prescott, you've, uh, <laughs> you've, you've lost Griffin Rock. <laughs> now he's anti-Morbot. Oh, he is. Oh, I'm so mad at him. I was so mad at him. <laughs> Wait, because he's just... He's after the story. Yeah, he's just... It's, you know, it's it's like Fox in the late 90s, world's most deadly robot chases. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, we, we see uh, we see the Burt Reynolds guy getting his car wrecked for oh, speeding. Oh, yeah, he just gets kicked into the junkyard. Yes. Uh, we see him yes. uprooting an entire tree to rescue Mr. Pettipaws. <laughs> Pettipaws, no! Yes. Poor kitty! No. And, and Mrs. Niederlander just shakes a fist at the robot. 
<laughs> and, yes. and so Huxley Prescott is now, this Morbide is a menace. Yes. <laughs> He's about ready to hire the man in a gorilla suit to come fight the Morbot. <laughs> and meanwhile, Chase, uh, much like fellow cartoon robot Bender, has decided to become a great chef. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By putting a well, big, gloppy green to, pile uh, that he claims is pea soup. And... Yeah, it's pea soup. For, I mean, for starters, Chase, soup, usually liquid. <laughs> yes. yeah, this I'll is like... pushing the definition of stew. Yeah, it's it's definitely more of a goo. It's it, a goop. <laughs> it's the right yeah, I think the technical color, but the yeah, consistency I th- is... I think in molecular cuisine, we would call this a goop. Yes. <laughs> Looks like you're going to have to call in Steve McQueen to fight this thing. (laughs) And in fact, it is so inedible that uh, Boulder uses it as green paint. (laughs) Yes. He's like, oh, I was out of green. And also now now he's painting a sad face because now he's sad. Aw, so he needs that green. He's no longer feeling rosy. But he is glad that he doesn't eat. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, Cody and Frankie are still, you know, doing the Encyclopedia Brown slash Sally Kimball thing. Sally, yes. what? She was, uh, she was Encyclopedia Brown's sidekick slash girlfriend slash muscle. Oh, I, I have no association with those. I just oh. read Nancy Drew. Oh, I read a ton of those. And, and to find out what I thought about them, you'll have to turn me upside down to see. <laughs> I never even read Hardy Boys. Oh. Anyway, they are able to sneak into the house uh, due to a holographic doggy door. Also, <laughs> Frankie has a 100 terabyte USB drive. Uh, and, and I want to say that's ridiculous, but then I remember the last time I actually went to Micro Center, and at one point, like, I was just, like, staring slack-jawed at the the case of hard drives. And when the associates, you know, asked me something, I was like, when did they get this big? (laughs) (laughs) So there are, like, 20 terabyte hard drives. Yeah, but this was eight years ago. So that that is impressive. Yeah, it's it's the futuristic city of Griven Rock. I feel like they're... I would have to look into it. I would know the proper things to to figure this out, but I feel like there might be limitations to solid state stuff preventing there from being a a uh, easily produced 100 terabyte USB drive. Uh, but I can't say for certain if that is the case. That 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 is in for some reason impossible. Well, and also this is a man who owns a robot dinosaur. Well, yes, yeah. that's that's true. That is true. He he laughs at practicalities. <laughs> I mean, listen. You think the think a man who invented spray on pants is going to uh, is going to let some uh, is going to let Moore's Law stop him? <laughs> oh, that that's something they should have done either this episode or last episode. Like they should have brought the robot T Rex with them, and he should have been in his own giant bird. Yeah. House. He's... <laughs> I mean, he yeah. is technically kind of a bird. Yeah. I'd accept a robot. Anyway, so they, they get in there, and mm. uh, he is on the phone with somebody who is building an army. I believe so, yes. So is he on the phone with uh, with Mech? What? 
Was Max still around by like the tree, I, like yes. the forties? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Okay. Or yeah, I guess you like know if we're, or if we're looking at a shared Hasbro universe here, it could be talking to Cobra, could be yeah. talking to Venom. This guy oh, yeah, should yeah, totally be like a proto Destro. Yeah, exactly. Could be talking to Destro, or you know, Destro and he are like rivals. Yes. And yes. obviously, you know, Morocco is probably English. Uh, Destro is Scottish. <gasps> they don't oh, like so they each, hate other. each other. So much. And and they both think that the other one dresses like a dresses like a fool. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, at least I'm not so ugly that I have to wear a giant uh, giant metal helmet all the time. <laughs> how oh. if I did that? How would anybody see my mustache? Wait. This- <laughs> This would have been after the episode of Nemesis Prime, which is the one where Silas gets injured at the end. Oh, okay, then maybe he is talking to Cobra. But it's before Human Factor when they rebuild him in the, like, uh, Breakdown's body, so... Okay, so he's, pre- I guess if he's talking, he's talking to, like, Mech Goon number two, who's like, who I think was usually Josh Keaton. Probably yeah. still trying to get Silas to, to not be dead. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can uh, can you can can you put Silas on the phone? I, I've talked to him before. Oh, oh, all of his organs, you said. <laughs> oh, I might have uh, something uh, to help with that. Yes. And, and what and what was that? Oh, an op- oh, you built an evil Optimus Prime and it fell on him. Well, that will happen. <laughs> I I have to ask you a question. Does he have pants? Does he? Can he still wear pants? Because I have a solution <laughs> for that. <laughs> I have something to. Is he having trouble putting on pants? Because I, I have something that could help with that. Uh, completely destroyed, you say. Well, what about his genitals? <laughs> completely destroyed, you say. Well, so much for the spray-on thong. <laughs> Can I interest you in uh, perhaps some flying lobsters? <laughs> He's got them. I have a whole tank of them. Yes. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're trying to get into the computer. They've been locked out. And, uh. It's got a little, like, animation, a cartoony animation of him that just made me think oh, of, it... of Nedry's, ah, ah, ah. Yes. And, oh, there's. Damn there's... it, I hate this hack of crap. <laughs> there's even a line he says after. Oh, no, he, he almost quotes the clever girl line. Oh, he's a clever man, that Dr. Morocco. Yes. <laughs> And now the children are in danger. There's some child endangerment in this there preschool is child show. Because like, he's just sending this robot after these kids. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. he, he's finally Tim Currying all over the place. Oh, like, yes. he, he's not full overacting. Like, he's he's not it clown levels right. of Tim Curry. But he's cranked up the Well, uh, speaking of too frightening for children. Yes. Yeah, well. It's not quite to KiloCon, but he's getting there. No, it, he's on the no, way. Yeah, he's he's like half KiloCon at this point. He's currently on Clue Butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Good, Maybe a little good. Higher. And, and he does say pariah, which is like, that's that's a vocabulary word, kids. Goodness. Hey man, Ask your I parents, learned kids. I learned a lot of vocabulary words from cartoons as a kid. Well, yes, like oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> but Pariah is just really because cool. yes, he's talking about oh how he was uh, you know I, I I was expelled from this city and they they made me a pariah amongst the scientific community. So now I'm going to wreck all their stuff. <laughs> you know, 
basic vengeance And I'm going to break into their houses when they're not home and mess up the place. And I'm going to sell their (laughs) children's organs to zoos for meat. I mean, yes. I'm sorry, I've been watching some Futurama. (laughs) Just a little. So yeah, there's a big chase. Um, You know, they they find a, you know, they get into the elevator. At one point, they, they get the roof and they're trapped and frankie didn't you used to live here like a week ago (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but maybe he redecorated a little it's kind of a big place he changed the locks and also moved some things you know how to get in the doggy door but i don't know and meanwhile they they drop use the attic one of dr morocco's uh grenades and there's a giant explosion (gasps) yeah dun 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 it's a lot of child endangerment and meanwhile, the mayor is just getting calls from everywhere, you know, talking about explosions and, of course, the usual Griffin Rock havoc. And the Morbot <laughs> is busy chasing a couple of kids around. Yeah. That's why so you the need mayor... four of them. That's right. Well, indeed, he does call on the rescue bots. And it's it's stock footage time, everybody. Yay! Yay! And Chief Burns gives this lecture about how it doesn't matter that who they're going to save has been a big thorn in their side because they're rescue people and they're going to go do their job and this is why optimus prime liked him that's right (laughs) this is why optimus prime was like i'm gonna leave my little rescue buddies with this guy that's a mustache i can trust yes (laughs) peter cullen knows a good mustache he does indeed So, Cody and Frankie do manage to escape. They escape to Morocco's Zeppelin. (laughs) You escape in the airship. And they accidentally, like, turn this thing on and start flying it. Very slowly, because it's a blimp. Yes. I I, I do know the difference between Zeppelin and blimp, but I'm not sure which one this is. Isn't there a lot, like, a... Place to stand on the upper part, which makes it a zeppelin. No, thing? the zeppelin has like the balloon part has like a rigid metal uh, ex- uh, skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you can see like when the Hindenburg explodes. Yeah, right. but like the Goodyear blimp, it's just a big balloon. Ah, yeah, but th- this this seems rigid because there, there's like a place to stand on top. I think. Okay, so now this probably is a zeppelin, and definitely the zeppelin more evil than a blimp. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the more Nazi of the two. <laughs> it's the one with the more German name. That's I mean, it's named after a German. Yeah, exactly. Look, we're white people. We can call Germans evil. <laughs> it's okay. It's true. I'm. Uh, I mean, and I know from evil countries. I'm. Uh, I'm one eighth Transylvanian. <laughs> uh, check out check out our Patreon. And go back to our uh, Dracula Untold episode. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. Anyway, and of course, his computer there is not locked, and they're able to find that it is full of uh, of the dirt on Dr. Morocco. <laughs> yes, that's where he keeps all his evil files. Yes. So Danny, uh, so they have to ra- so they have to radio in Danny, who I guess is, even though there can't be a ton of commonality between flying a Zeppelin and flying a helicopter is still able to uh, to talk them down like it's uh, like it's an airport movie. Yeah, she says something about how oh, you've watched me land blades. Like blades lands himself. Like <laughs> yeah. what do you even have to do? It's like okay, so I talk to the zeppelin. 
I tell it, okay, we're going to land now. And it's really, <laughs> like really. it's going to be okay. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. going to be okay. So would somebody get Karen Black on the line? <laughs> or, or George Kennedy? Robert Stack. What's some Robert Stack? Or uh, Tr- Charles Bronson. Listen. Wasn't Charles Bronson in like Airport 75 or something? Oh. All right. So what you got to do with this plane? You got to shoot it. <laughs> Blemo. But no. L- l- listen, Cody. Landing landing a Zeppelin is just like flying a bicycle. It's just a lot harder to put, put baseball cards in the spokes. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing she doesn't know how much I hate her guts. <laughs> I'm still stuck on why you're asking the guy from Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait! George Kennedy. Yeah, you, you said Kennedy. Oh, I thought I was thinking of George Clinton. Never Did mind. I say George Clinton? Because that would be hilarious. <laughs> no, I think you might have said George Kennedy. I just, like, my brain... Okay. Uh, although I'm not ruling out that President. George Clinton was also in an airport. He movie. might have been. I don't know. Mm. I don't think they were quite that cool. Yeah, just George Clinton sitting next to Gloria Swanson asking her uh, if she's going to have the chicken or the fish. <laughs> when, of course, everybody knows you should have a lasagna. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's probably a better statement. Oh, he's from Jersey. Robert Stack? No, uh, George Clinton. Or he grew up in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Anyway, so this, uh, meanwhile, this Morbot is still trying to bust down the, the door uh, to this blimp command center. Ooh. So they, they finally land it. They get out. The Morbot is chasing them behind. And it is time for some surpri- a surprising amount of violence. Yeah, it's like I mean, I mean, I mean, it is a mindless drone, but they bust this thing up. Yes, they beat it up a lot. Everyone gets to punch. It's like it's weird. Like it's so much off-camera robot violence, robot on robot violence. Yes, and uh, and uh, as you as you mentioned in our previous episode, there is a pun here. Because Boulder says, the less more bot, the better. (laughs) Yes. I knew they were going to make at least one, but I I was kind of expecting more more puns. Use cinnamon roll. He's a good boy. And so the the chief gets the evidence from the computer. Morocco is fired. Doc Green is, is reinstated. Everybody's having a barbecue and everybody's cool. Even Huxley Prescott is all, well, good news. The rescue bots are back. Just as I always said. Taste asshole. Just absolute gormless. Just, ah. Oh, I love him so much. Once again, this station re- regrets to report that our earlier coverage of Spider-Man was in error. And he is not, in fact, in league with Dr. Octopus. <laughs> He doesn't even acknowledge that he ever doubted them. <laughs> of course not. Just... Huxley Prescott. Oh, why would you? Oh, I love him. He's so terrible. <laughs> oh, and but 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 what of Doctor Morocco? Uh, well, he has stolen the mayor's yacht and uh, taken the time to paint his logo on the back of it. Yes. Yes. Very just... hastily. And sloppily. I can't believe he's still this man his is, boat. This man is all about the brand. But like I said, I mean, clearly he's got an underwater lair. Because specifically the, the choice of escape vehicle is aquatic. So he's heading to his underwater lair. And that is the end 
of this two-parter. Uh, I, I enjoyed this a lot. There was a little more action than I was used to on this show. Yeah. yeah. It's and, lots and definitely of more villainy. Yeah, lots of like actual I guess the the uh, antagonist is not just like them being stupid about something. <laughs> <laughs> the people on the island making poor decisions is not the antagonist. Well, I mean, I guess the poor decision was hiring Dr. Morocco. Yes. Despite him clearly being a super fan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I always enjoy a little Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. And so, with that, uh, with that episode done, it's time to once more turn to David for Tokusatsu Corner. Tell us about the Tokus. Yay! QQ Sentai! Go Go Five! Uh, this week, Younger Siblings Rebellion! Um, <sighs> like, there's a leftover power from the monsters from Grand Witch, Grand Dine, that they're going to use to power up a monster this week, or whatever, with a card. I guess space alien magic. But the main plot of the episode is, like, um, the Red Ranger is trying to get everyone else on their day off to, like, we're still practicing. We're, we're firefighters. It's like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. We just want to relax. And then one of them gets, like, four slips. Or they win something to, like, go to an upscale restaurant. And then the, then they just, let's skip out on the Red Ranger. Screw him. He's been a dick to us lately. That's fair. <laughs> so they go, they go to this restaurant, but it turns out, oh, no, the Monster of the Week attacks the building and sets it on fire. And they, they didn't bring their communicators with them, so they can't transform into rangers. So Red has to come in there, and then the rest—they're actually helping rescue the people that are in there, get them out, evacuate the building. And then Red gets there, and it's like, okay, we're gonna get out. And then the, the room they're in starts to collapse. It's like Red Ranger's like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving." It's like, wait, what? So they're left in fire <laughs> while he leaves because he was going back to get there. Oh yeah, because their their suits were damaged last episode because the electricity in the new giant robot like it fried them so they were being repaired so he went to go get them to bring them back but it's just like he left them in fire and rubble it's a bad look dude you could have said oh i'll be right back it's not that i can't rescue you it's that i need to go get the stuff to rescue it's a thing so red's kind of a jerk which is Sort of a Red Ranger thing, because Red Ranger's like the most stiff and leader-like when he's not being an overly energetic goofball in some series. Mm-hmm. So, and although the dumbest thing is like when, when the other Rangers are like trying to get out after their brother has left them, they open a door in a building with fire backdraft people. <laughs> you should know this shit. Half of you are firefighters. Uh, and the other half saw that, uh. Saw that movie. Yeah. Saw that movie? Yeah. You know, it, it, backdraft. It's just weird. I was trying to think of which Baldwin was in it. It was Billy Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Great. He's, I mean, he's, you know, he's your, he's your B-level Baldwin. He. Is that why he's Billy? Is. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah, because it's Alex, and then Alec is clearly your A-level Baldwin. Yeah. Billy is your B, and then I think it breaks down to that because you've got, um. Others. Geez, what are the other are Baldwins? available. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually Daniel, who might be the D grade, but I don't think the other guy is a C. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, that's kind of the episode. And it's Steven who totally blows it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so they come back, they, they get, they become a giant robot, and then they beat up the monster of the week, which is, oh, what is it called? Violent Food Sima Beast Junkie, which, food doesn't really have anything <laughs> to do with it. Like, he's just like, Dragon dinosaur skeletal guy with like an ammonite on his chest. So I don't know what that has to do with violent food junkie. Okay, so we will be back next week with more rescue bots. And a couple weeks ago, we had the uh, we had David Wise's revenge with the Day of the Machines. Next week. Shrink Ray, baby! Oh, yeah! Plots that always work. (laughs) That's right. So until then, of course, we are all over the internet. We have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting expenses and other things. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, and I believe when this comes out, we will still have uh, the one I'm going to be listening to because it's Rob and David <laughs> uh, talking My Hero Academia. That's right. And mostly David talking My Hero Academia and me asking a bunch of dumb questions. <laughs> and me hopefully hopefully getting most of them right. Which And occasionally talking about the new universe. Which spider- oh, yeah. Ooh. I like New Universe, by which I mean it makes sense in context. I'm familiar with the New Universe, and it's sort of a, an interesting, nerdy thing to be like. I know what that is. I understood that reference. <laughs> the the only time that any of us will ever be likened to Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So until next time. I'm Rob. My name is Alexander Hamilton. No, wait, it's Jen. I am not going to sing. I'm David. And I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Okay, I should probably see Clue again. That was a great movie. Wait, do I Absolutely you should see Clue again. Do I actually own Clue? I'm not sure. Oh. It's it's on Pluto TV sometimes. Oh, okay, well next time that happens. <laughs>